God's grace, his mercy, his peace, they are yours through your Savior, Jesus Christ, who, who truly lives. Amen. The word of God we focus on is the portion of the gospel account in John of that early morning at the tomb where Mary went first, the disciples ran after, they returned and Mary dwelled. And it's at a time like this when, when Mary thought that all was lost that she needed, she needed to hear a familiar voice. And I wonder who that voice is to you. That voice that when you hear it, it brings a calm when things are, are going bad. The, the voice that you go to when you want to be comforted at a time when you've received some bad news or a serious loss. Now there's a lot of voices out there that maybe bring joy to our, our minds and to our hearts. You, you hear a certain voice on the radio and you know it's time for Brewers baseball. You can hear it. You know that familiar voice. There are voices maybe the truth that you hear in the news or political commentaries and you hear that and you're like, ah, oh, okay, finally I can listen. I can trust in this. But there are other voices that when you hear them, they bring you a deeper level of confidence or just peace Kids, who is it for you? Which do you run to? Is it mom or dad when the thunder is too loud or when life gets hard? And maybe it just depends what you're facing, right? That's not a competition. But even as we grow up, is it, is it a mom or a dad's voice that you go to when you want to share how the day went when it wasn't good and you have that calming assurance that it's going to be okay and, and it's a voice that you hear and it goes into your ears and it's like an ah, but there's more to it than just the voice. It's the message behind the voice or, or maybe the relationship you have with that person. There's a rapport of trust or you know that person has your best interests in mind and, and so you go, you hear, and, and just this new level of calm. Sometimes something outside of you needs to talk to something inside of you and Mary needed that more than anything because things had really, really gone bad quickly if things were going really, really well and, and Mary had seen all these things and she loved the Lord, he was one that could talk to her more than just to her brain, but to her heart and, and held peace and life before him, before her that she had never experienced anywhere else. And now that voice was silenced because that voice was crucified. And very quickly, they pulled the body limp on a cross and they put it into a borrowed tomb because it was the Passover. And in her mind over that time, you can imagine all the different things that she wished. If I should have intervened or could I have done that? And all she knew on that morning was she was going to a terrible situation that she was going to try and go and prepare his body the best that she could to honor him in death. And maybe for her it was personal. This would be the closure that I needed because it just happened so fast. He can't be dead. I saw him raise people to life. This can't be happening. And she needed to go for self-assurance or maybe she just went because she was sad and she didn't know what else to do. She didn't... She wondered how to roll the stone away about the seal, about the guards, all those things that, as she approached the tomb. And then, if it couldn't get any worse that her Lord was dead, things got much worse because his body was nowhere to be found and nothing was as she had thought it would be. 
And the disciples ran back and forth. They looked, they discovered, they started to start to think in their mind, hmm, he's not here. Maybe what he said did come true, but they couldn't quite put it together with Scripture that this had to be what Jesus would do if he was to come and be the Savior that would rescue all that is dead and give them life. He had to come back to life. They didn't grasp that. And Mary was there by the tomb still crying, wandering around, wondering. And so she wanders back in, and you think two angels there would just change everything, right? She sees two angels and asks her, why are you crying? And, well, because I came for the body and it's not here. Where, where is the body? And, and you'd think that the aha moment would happen with that, but that wasn't the voice she needed to hear. She needed to hear a different voice to get her out of this, this earthly funk. And in some ways, maybe we feel sorry for Mary because she couldn't grasp the things that she had seen and heard. Now she was clouded by what she was experiencing. And maybe we feel sorry for Mary because we are very much like Mary. Because so often in life, Jesus' voice is heard through his word and his promises to us. And he talks to us again and again on a personal level. And he says things to us, when trouble comes, then talk to me in prayer. And I will listen to you and rescue you in trouble. But that's not the way we're thinking when trouble comes. Then the tears flow and we are clouded and we bounce around. Jesus comes to us in his voice and says, you know, in this world you're going to have trouble. And, and don't worry, I've overcome the world. But then when trouble comes, what happens? We think, oh no, all is lost and we forgot. Jesus warned us and he's overcome it. We don't listen. We're clouded by emotion and we're clouded by what we're experiencing. And we can go right down the list. What we experience often clouds us. It's this, it's this earthly and this physical fog that blocks us from spiritual truths. And Jesus even says, if this is the way the world is going to treat the teacher, you can expect that it's his students. You and I would, would receive the same treatment from the world, but that's not where we go. And so Jesus comes up behind Mary and asks the same probing questions as the angels. Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? If I were Jesus, I wouldn't be taking this kind of time. Not after what just happened. Jesus had just been crucified by the world he came to save. Jesus was experiencing the worst the world could give, and he was the only innocent one. Jesus had just experienced even more than the world could give as his father looked at him and abandoned him on the cross so that he could experience the hell and the emptiness that the world deserves. And after Jesus experienced that, and then did the descent into hell to show that he was very much victorious, and now with glorified body and all being complete, Completed. He has a tomb that's empty and God accepted the sacrifice so all that he came to do was accomplished. Why is not Jesus in heaven in the victory circle the angels rejoicing around him going and just experiencing what, he, it would, would, what God said he would take him to the highest place and give him the name that is above every name and Jesus, why aren't you there? I would be. I'm done with this earth, this place, this sadness, this sorrow, this depressing existence that all ends up in death. I'm out of here into heaven. But there was one who needed him. Her name was Mary. And, and she got Jesus' personal attention. He comes to her with simple questions to just probe her faith a little bit to, to wake up that, that sleeping heart. And he asks her, 
woman, who, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? And she helps to try, he helps to try and jumpstart Mary's faith, but the last visual that Mary has of Jesus is dead Jesus. And she expects rigor mortis Jesus. And she expects a body that would be prepared with spices and wrapped and she would walk away sad. That's her last visual. So no way could the voice behind me, even though that voice sounds so familiar, be the voice that I expected to have that day. There would be no voice from Jesus. So she thinks he's the gardener. And she says, if you've taken the body, tell me where it is so that I can go and find him and prepare him the best way that I can. That's all she had in mind. And then Jesus becomes the voice that changes everything. He doesn't scold her like, like a parent finally would scold a child when they should know better. When the parent has preached again and again the same thing and yet the child sits there crying because their hand is burned and you said, how many times did I tell you when the flame is on, it's hot. I put your hand next to it and said, it's hot, don't touch it. And when you touch it, you start crying and saying, ah, it's burned. Jesus could have come and said, how many times, Mary, have I said this had to happen? Again and again, I showed you. Even from Scripture, prophecy needed to be fulfilled. Instead, he comes with patience and understanding at a time like this and says, just one word, it's her name, Mary. And then everything changed. All the worries and the concerns and the depression and the sadness and the sorrow and the hopelessness that she had put in a living Lord just fell away as now she heard the voice of that living Lord and realized he was not dead but very much alive. For her that moment, everything changed. Mary. She fell at his feet and grasped him. Now the hope had been regained. Now her life was wrapped up in his life and everything she had hoped for in her future was intact because Jesus lives. Now what about for you? The voice of Jesus, you hear it. You know it every time his word is proclaimed. You heard it today. You come bearing the things that you bring from life, the scars, the sins, and then you hear the voice of Jesus saying, I, I forgive you. And he takes all those sins away. The worries and the shame and the concerns that surround them, they are all gone. God looks at you with, with delight. This is the voice of Jesus to you, but it's even more personal than that. There's a passage from Scripture that talks about Jesus and his role in our lives, and we'll focus on it in a few Sundays, Good Shepherd Sunday. John says it like this. He calls his own sheep by name, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. You know the voice of Jesus, and he knows your name. Replace, replace the name Mary with your name right now. Jesus calls to you and says, I have plans for you, and calls you by name. And that voice changes everything. The worries and the concerns that you have are now placed on his shoulders because the power that he has and the truth that he offers and the life that he gives is now wrapped up in your life too. 
this is how it is when the shepherd leads his people. He holds you by the hand through all that life brings, the worries and the concerns and the sadness and the loss and the death, and it clouds us, our eyes and our ears and our emotions take over, and something has to get through that cloud, and the voice of Jesus becomes the light and the life and the voice that takes us out of that to see what life is in him. And that's what Jesus brings. Whoever lives and believes in him will never die, but will live. And it's even more than that. Because there will come a day soon when you will actually hear the real voice of Jesus. The actual voice of Jesus. His body is glorified, connected to that soul that died in that mystery of of true God and true man who is now in heaven above and he will come back and he will call you by name and whether you're resting in a tomb or alive and well, you will recognize that voice and then everything for you will change in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. That's when everything that is wrong will be made right. That's when bodies that don't work will work perfectly. That is when the dead will be called to life and everyone who hears that voice calling their name will be gathered up together where souls and bodies are united into an existence that God has planned from eternity and we'll be drawn into that where everything is functioning in the fullest of capacity. People today cannot experience what God has planned It can't happen because of sin, but on that day, can you imagine? No more aches and pains and sadness and sorrow and tears and loss and all those voices that you drew comfort for that are now gone and dead will be raised to life too as God calls them by name and their bodies are reunited with souls and then we gather together with all those who called on Jesus Christ and all the saints from every nation will be gathered with the voices of the angels listening to the one voice that has the power to gather us in life and there at the center of that worship will be Jesus Jesus, his voice that changes everything, and our voices will be raised in worship and joy in a reunion that does not end. Does it get you a little bit excited? Because that's the truth that Jesus has already planned. He sees you there. It's yours. Mary was excited too because now she thought it was lost, but now she has Christ again and all is gained. But there was still work to do. Jesus not only was the voice that changed everything for Mary, but now she got to be the voice that would make that same change to others. Jesus gives Mary marching orders, don't hang on to me. No, I've got work to do. I'm going to go back to the Father that sent me. I will ascend, but you have work to do too. You have work to go now to the disciples and talk to them about everything you have seen and heard. So Jesus, everything that God had planned for Jesus, he was following through on. And he said, the last thing that remains is I will go back to heaven above. But he knew that people would need him for a while, and so he stayed around for 40 days. He was there for Mary later that night. He was there for the disciples. He walked on the road to Galilee, and then the disciples came running back saying, the Lord, our hearts were burning. We have seen him. And Jesus, for 40 days, stayed with his disciples so that they could see him, they could eat with him, they could experience what glorified, resurrected Lord is. And they, in turn, could experience all this until he ascends on high and he appeared to people again and again with many convincing proofs, over 500 at one time 
time so that we could have those eyewitness accounts for us today. And when he ascended, he did his work of preparing a place for everyone and left the other work for his disciples. And they went and told others about Jesus too. We have seen the Lord and it happened in Jerusalem and then beyond Jerusalem and we heard about it today. The Apostle Paul talking to a king. He says, you want to believe the prophets. You know this is true. You're being stubborn. Well, whether you believe it or not, it is true. Jesus lives and the only, I'm the free one here. The chains mark me being in prison but I'm really the only one free. Believe it, you know it's true. Leave the results up to the Holy Spirit. That is God's work. That is Jesus' work. Mary was called upon by Jesus to go and tell the disciples something very simple. Just tell them what you have seen and heard. So Mary did. She ran back to the disciples and she said, I have seen the Lord and said everything that he had told her. Just a simple message. Some of them believed. They connected the dots. Others doubted. And Jesus had to go back and assure them. But the job isn't to make people believe. The job is simply to tell people what you have seen and what you believe. The Holy Spirit will change everything in the way that he plans to change it. And that same role that God gave Mary is the same role he gives to you today. Today we fall at the feet of Jesus and say, my God and my Lord, I know exactly what's going to happen to me. Because you live, I will live. We have absolute confidence no matter what we face in life. That is true for us. The voice of Jesus has changed everything. And now you go and can be that voice to someone else. Are you thinking already in your mind who that might be? Is it, is it a, a fellow Christian or a family member that's just struggling right now because life all of a sudden got really hard to help them through that cloud that, that covers them? They know the truth. It's just they need a voice to come and be the voice of Jesus to help the cloud to disperse and the light of Jesus to come in. Is it the person that you know at work or your neighbor? It, it's that person that is lost in the fear of COVID or in the fear of life, has no real hope or purpose, just maybe is wondering what the next step may bring and you can come with confidence and just say, I have seen the Lord or however it comes out in that witness to tell what you have seen, what you believe, and what God's plan is for you, and then you become the voice of Jesus. I have seen the Lord, and, and God can use that witness to do amazing things, just like you has brought you to himself. He will continue to gather. So God has marching orders for us. First of all, be confident and live in the voice of Jesus that comes to you even today in his supper that says, take and eat my body and blood given and shed for you personally. Everything that I have is yours. My power will be used to make sure that no matter what you face in life, the ending is planned and it is secure. Now you with that same confidence can go and be the voice of Jesus to those around you, to a world that's dying. And who knows? Who knows what the result is going to be? I have seen the Lord. Here's what it means to me. Here's where I'm going. Believe it because it's true. And who knows? Maybe God can use your voice as he uses it to be his voice and be the voice that changes everything. Amen. Please stand. Now may the peace of God, which is ours, because we hear the voice of our living Lord, 
move our hearts with the confidence of hope and peace that is ours to express that confidence and peace to a world that's dying that we might be the voice that Jesus uses to change everything. Amen.